The book of Matthew tonight, Matthew chapter number 15, Matthew chapter number 15, and uh, I do, I am aware of what time it is, and I will be mindful of the time, and uh, I appreciate you uh, being patient and listening tonight, and uh, sometimes there's just some things that we have to take care of, and uh, moving forward uh, with uh, these different projects. I know we do have some guests tonight, I know there's a lot of people who watch our live stream and listen to our radio station from around the country and around the world, and I appreciate uh, their patience, and they probably fell asleep on their couch or whatever they're sitting in, but you can wake up now. It's time for preaching, uh, but uh, if you'll give me your attention, I'll take about 20 minutes, and I'm going to revisit a message that I preached nine years ago, um, but it's something that the Lord has <clears throat> put in my heart and put in my soul, and uh, it's something that uh, He has used in my life, and I want to use it tonight as a church, and I believe it illustrates uh, the reminder, the refocus, the reprioritize, if you will. And so if you'll, you'll, I'll read the scripture, I'll, I'll have a word of prayer, and if you'll give me your attention for about 20 minutes, I'll get to the crux of the point, and I'll mention the few statements, and uh, then uh, we will go home. I know you have to work tomorrow, and kids have to go to school, and, uh, and I'm not calling off school, so I'll be mindful uh, of, of the time. Matthew chapter number 15 and look with me at verse number 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Look with me again at verse 29. And Jesus departed from thence, and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee, and went up into a mountain, and sat down there. The title of the message tonight is, He is still sitting on the mountain. Father, I pray that you'll uh, take the time that we've had and what we've already accomplished. I pray that it be used to your honor and glory. But Father, just for the next few minutes, if you'll allow our attention to be on this text, allow our attention to be on the message tonight, and may the Lord work in our hearts, may the Lord work in our souls this evening, may uh, we be uh, we rededicate ourselves to the most important business in the world, and that is getting people to your Son. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you study the book of Matthew, and specifically chapter number 15, you find uh, that Jesus was always about uh, doing uh, miracles. He was always about ministering to others. Uh, he was serving others. Uh, the book of John reminds us that this world could not contain the account of everything Jesus did in his time here. But we find an interesting text, and if we're not careful, we'll lose uh, a very, very important truth that I want to bring out tonight. Jesus has just healed uh, a woman. He said, great is thy faith. Uh, and her daughter uh, was made whole. Actually, he healed the, the woman's daughter. And he was doing things, performing miracles like that. And it says that he departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. Now, I don't know all the reasons why he chose the mountain that he chose, but he certainly did depart and he gave a good picture of coming apart from the crowds and the multitude. And the Bible says that he sat down there. I don't know where he sat. I don't know all the reasons why he sat. But certainly scripture tells us what took place. Immediately following in the next verse, we see that great multitudes went to him. And wherever Jesus was, that's where the multitudes went. 
You can imagine if you lived in this day and the fame of Jesus had begun to spread and you had heard of those that were raised from the dead. You heard of those that no doctors could do anything for, but yet this one came, named Jesus came and touched them and healed them. This one named, named Jesus, he spake as yet no man ever spake. He, he, he healed the blind. He, he healed the lame. Uh, he d went about doing these miracles, and now he's come apart from the multitude. And you can imagine the multitude who got to where he was too late, they begin to ask, where is he? Where did he go? Where, which direction did he go? It did not take them long to find where Jesus went. It did not take them long to figure out that he's on that mountain. He, he, went, he went there, and so the multitudes went to him. It just makes sense that they would go to the one who could do the miracle that nobody else could do. They would go to the one that they wanted to put their eyes on, and, and, and as, as the prophets had prophesied, the Messiah was going to come, the Son of God is going to come. They wanted to go see and hear him for themselves. Now, the great multitudes came to him. But what I want us to be reminded of tonight is they did not come to him by themselves. Those that had the ability to get to Jesus went to Jesus. Uh, perhaps they had already been helped by him. Perhaps they had already been made whole. But the scripture tells us in verse number 30, in great multitudes came unto him, and this is the first thing I want us to see, is that those who could not get to Jesus were brought to Jesus. Notice, having with them. Those that were not lame brought the lame. Those that were not blind brought the blind. Those that, that were not limited by infirmity brought those that were limited by infirmity. I imagine there were some that would carry those lame up, had once been lame themselves, but had been touched by the Son of God. And they knew what it was to be healed. They knew what it was to have their life changed. And now they wanted to get someone else to the Son of God who could not get there by themselves. And friend, since that day to this and until Jesus comes back, it'll always be that way. It's the responsibility of those that can and have been to Jesus to take those that cannot get there. It's the reason, well, Jesus is on the mountain. They should get there themselves. I imagine there were some that they wanted to be healed. They just didn't know how to be healed. They couldn't do it themselves. Religious man couldn't do it for them. Somebody had to take them to Jesus. Now, mind you, as I look around, I don't, look, I don't see many tonight that might fall into the um, category of, a, of, of an avid hiker or mountain climber or, or something of that nature. If you've ever done any hiking or, or mountain climbing, and, if, and if, you, if you're an amateur at that, uh, one thing that you can learn the hard way is the higher you go, the harder it is to breathe. And amazingly, the heavier you are, the higher you go, the real really gets hard to breathe. Um, the point I'm trying to make is this. Getting up the mountain yourself is difficult enough. Carrying a layman on your back is hard work. It's inconvenient. It takes sacrifice. It was something that was done on purpose. And we live in a day today where those that are lame in their sin, 
They're blinded by their sin. They have the infirmity of sin. They cannot heal themselves. No man can do for them what Jesus can do for them. It is the responsibility of you and I to just take them up the mountain to where Jesus is. And I would say to us tonight that in 2021, he's still sitting on the mountain. The same Jesus that saved you, that saved me, that saved those of the years past and in centuries gone by, and the same Jesus that saved every man who's ever been saved, he is still in the saving business, and he's still able to save those who need to be healed by him. So I want us to see very quickly that those who could not get to Jesus, or those who could not get to Jesus, were brought to Jesus by someone else. They couldn't get there, I imagine, as they heard the stories of Jesus and they heard as the hustle and bustle, we, we know where he's at, he's up on the mountain. The lame man couldn't go. The blind couldn't find their way. Somebody had to stop and say, I'm, I'm going up there anyway. Or imagine there was probably some who they've already heard Jesus, they've already met Jesus. But I'll take you to meet him, so he can do for you what he's already done for me. I tell you, what we need in our nation today, in our world today, and it's good to be reminded of this mission as if it's a Sunday, we need those that have met Jesus to be busy taking those who need him up the mountain to see him. If people are going to, well, the church doors are open. They should just know when to come. No, that's never been that way. Jesus said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. It's all, he's always been available. He'll save anybody who wants to be saved. But it's, we have a responsibility to go to those who cannot get to him themselves and to take them up the mountain. Those who could not get to Jesus were brought to Jesus by someone else. Number two, I want us to see this. This is in verse 30 as well. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were, blind, were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. The word them leads us to believe and gives the connotation that he healed them all who were placed at his feet. And that's just the second simple truth I want us to be reminded of tonight. He healed all those who were brought to him. You know, anybody that wants to be saved can be saved. I imagine there was some who had greater infirmities than others. And I can only imagine conversations of go, that would go between these individuals as they were going up the mountain. Oh, you've, you've taken me far enough. It's... it's I, 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 I'm, too, I'm, I'm too sick, or, 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 or I can understand why he might could do this, but he can't, he can't heal me. But friend, Jesus said he healed them all. We live in a day today when, and the devil's behind it, we want to make so many issues about different people and groups and races and, and nationalities. Friend, Jesus died for everybody. He'll save everybody, and, and, and everybody needs Jesus. And it's our responsibility to take others to him, and he healed all who were brought to him. Uh, those, and, and we all, I've been guilty of this. You may not have, but I suspect you probably have been. I've been guilty of this. In my mind, I see people the way they're living, the way they're acting. I see groups of people in this world today 
was like, oh, they can, they're, not, they're never going to get saved. Now, we say that, but we know that Jesus will save anybody who wants to be saved. What's, my job is not to save anybody. I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. The Pope can't save anybody either. Jesus is the only one that can. It's not my responsibility to save. Well, if, 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 they, get, if, they, if they hear it, they're not going to do it anyway. My, that's between them and the Master, them and the Savior. My job is just to arrange that meeting. My job is just to take them up the mountain. The responsibility of these were just to put them at Jesus' feet, and it was up to Jesus to do what only Jesus could do. And that's the same of every, every preacher of the gospel. It's his responsibility just to preach the gospel. He can't save anybody. He can't change anybody. He can't, he can't heal them spiritually. He's just supposed to bring them to Jesus' feet. That's the responsibility of the church is to bring them up the mountain because he's still sitting on the mountain and Jesus saved everybody who was there to be healed. Statement number three. Look at verse number 31. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. What happened when everybody got healed? It says that they glorified the God of Israel. Now, this was a real praise and worship service here. And that's the third statement I'll make. Jesus was glorified. There's a lot of churches that I believe they're sincere in their desire to glorify God, but there's nothing that glorifies God like bringing those that are spiritually lame and spiritually blind and seeing them get born again. You want to energize a church? You want to put life in a church? Well, you have such a great spirit in Emmanuel Baptist Church because the focus is bringing people to Jesus. Whenever a church gets focused on themselves and on their needs, it's going to die. It's going to lose its purpose as a church because it's our responsibility to take people to Jesus and let Jesus heal them. And what happened? Jesus was glorified. Picture this with me very quickly. And I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my promise and, and stick to the time. I want you to picture this with me. The lame man was placed at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus healed him. You imagine that as. Jesus perhaps reached out his hand to help him stand. He can stand, and he, and he could not stand before. He was lame, and now he's walking. How dignified do you think he would be? How reserved do you think he would be? That's where, man, I got full of the Holy Ghost, and I had to take a lap. That's where it originated right there when Jesus healed the, healed the, healed the lame man. I don't know if I'd been lame my whole life and that miracle had been done for me, I probably would have got excited. I probably would have shouted a little bit. Can you imagine the well, this thought, imagine the blind person who's never seen the face of their mother, the face of their father, the face of a friend. They don't even know who took them up the mountain. But when they opened those eyes, the first face they ever saw was the face of Jesus. Something tells me there'd be some glorifying going on because of the change that Jesus made in their life. But hold on. I believe the lame got excited when they could walk. I believe the blind got excited when they could see. 
I believe that deaf got excited when they could hear. I believe those with disease and infirmity got excited when those pains and those, and those sufferings were taken away. I believe they got excited. But let me tell you something. I believe the people who brought them up the mountain got excited too. I believe the man that had a, had, had a sore back because he had a lame man on his back taking him up, I believe he got excited when he saw the, the man who he brought to Jesus have his life changed, I believe all of a sudden then the journey up the mountain, it was worth it all. And, and I'm going to glorify God because what God did, and I believe there was probably some celebrating and there was some excitement. Hey, that's the one I brought up the mountain. That, that's the one that I got here. Oh, you got that? Well, there, there is, mine was heavier on my back than it was on your back. But look what Jesus did. I believe those that were healed began to glorify God. And I believe those that brought them up the mountain to Jesus began to glorify God. Nothing brings glory to the Son of God like bringing people to Him and watching Him change their life. He brought those that were brought up the mountain when Jesus healed them, He was glorified. That's why we're in trouble today in our churches because we try and manufacture the praise. We want to bring entertainment in and we want to bring things that adjust the mood and we want to bring these things in to manufacture praise. Friend, when sinners walk an aisle and get saved and, and follow the Lord in baptism, you don't have to manufacture glorifying God with that. You don't have to manufacture a spirit with that. That is something that just takes place when you begin to glorify God. It's an exciting thing as we, as even today, we had some who rode our bus get baptized after being saved. I think they were excited about it. But let me tell you who else is probably excited today. The bus driver's probably excited that drove, drove them to church. The bus captain's probably excited that drove them to church. It is a glorifying of God when he does what only he can do. I've got three minutes. I am, but in three minutes. I want us to see something. This is really what I want us to end with tonight and, and be thinking of. Those who brought the others to Jesus received their own miracle. In verse 35 and verse 37, we have the account. I'll not take time to read it. We have the account of the feeding of the 4,000. The multitudes were there because Jesus was sitting on the mountain. They went to him. And that, how did that multitude get there? The multitude gathered because there were some bringing the lame, the blind, the maimed, the halt to Jesus. And then as Jesus healed, I believe he healed every infirmity. I believe, see, how long did that meeting take place? I think it, Jesus would have stayed there. He stayed there as long as the last person needed to be healed. And I think it's still true today. Jesus was still saved, still saved. And when it was all said and done, the people had been there. They had expended spended their energy getting up the mountain. They didn't plan to be there that long. They didn't pack a lunch. They didn't do it. Just as he fed the 5,000, now he understands their need, what they needed. And he meets their need and performs that miracle of feeding the 4,000. The people who were hungry because they were selfless, and taking others up the mountain, Jesus did a miracle for them. 
Yes, he did a miracle for the lame. He did a miracle for the blind. He did a a miracle for the halt. He did a miracle for the deaf and the infirmed and all those who had a need. But he also allowed those who brought them up the mountain to experience a miracle for themselves. I still believe, just like Jesus is in the saving business in 2021, he's still in the miracle business. He's still in the business of meeting the needs of God's people who are just busy about taking people up the mountain. Here's our message. If we want our financing, let's just take people up the mountain. We want our buildings built, let's just keep taking people up the mountain. And not only will we see Jesus change their life, I believe Jesus will meet our needs. I believe Jesus will do a miracle for us. So tonight our call to action is this. Who's going to decide that we're just going to take people up the mountain? It's great that we're buying buses, but somebody's got to drive them. Somebody's got to work to get people on them. Somebody's got to be willing to watch the kids on Saturday so that others can go out and take people up the mountain. And by the way, an hour on Saturday morning is not going to get a lot of people to the mountain. We've got to understand that there are some sacrifices that have to be made to get people up the mountain. But friend, this morning or this evening, we could all testify, aren't you glad somebody stopped and took you up the mountain? Aren't you glad somebody inconvenienced themselves and said, I know what Jesus did for me. I'm going to take you to see Jesus and he'll do for you what he, what, what, only what he can do for you. And that's exactly what we need to do is just keep taking people up the mountain. Tonight, if you're not saved, Jesus will save you if you want to be saved. The people we come in contact with, Jesus will save them. You know what our city needs? Our city needs for those of us who have met Jesus to take those who have never met him up the mountain to meet him. Oh, he's up there on that mountain. The lame man can't get up the mountain. The blind man can't find his way up the mountain. Somebody's got to guide him. Somebody's got to carry him. And let's be busy taking people up the mountain. Father, I pray you'll use the message tonight.